TJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football Fridays. Presented in part by America First. America First reminding you, there's a Raider game coming up this weekend. The Raiders and the Cleveland Browns brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Raiders and Browns coming up Saturday game. Time to bring in Kelly Papinga, University of Virginia co-defensive coordinator, linebacker coach, former BYU Cougar. An all-around good guy. And he joins us right now <laughs> on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain, state-of-the-art. Smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs. Or call 877-346-3333. Kelly, good morning. What's going on, guys? It's great to hear your guys' voices, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it has, has been a while, but we have been thinking about you. So, your last month's been pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, man, it has been. It has been, obviously, you know, didn't uh, didn't see that one coming, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's part of the business. Really, when you get into college coaching, you know at some point something like this is going to happen, and, uh, you know, you can always talk about it, but you're never prepared for it, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been uh, an interesting two weeks for sure. So can you just kind of walk us through what happens? You get called into a meeting. How does it happen? You sit down. What does Broncos say? Your reaction, eye contact you're making with other people. What someone burst out and said. How did it all play out when you're in the room? Yeah, it was actually – we were actually out on the road recruiting. And uh, we were all out on the road recruiting, so we got on a Zoom call. And uh, he just, he just, yeah, he just let us know, um, you know, just he needed a break. He needed a recharge. And, uh, and I believe him. I believe that uh, I don't think Coach Menhall is done coaching. I think he's, you know, and I, he hasn't come out and said that, but I just, based upon what he said, I think he just, he needed some time to just, I think, uh, yeah, recharge the battery a little bit, man. He's been a head coach for 17 years, and I haven't been in those shoes before, but I'm sure that uh, takes a lot out of you. And, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, just needing to recharge that battery, man, and then get back to get back to work is my guess. I don't know that. He hasn't told me that. That's just my assumption. You guys are coaching through the bowl game. They've made a hire. What is your job status beyond the bowl game? Do you know? Yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing that's been told if I'm going to be here, if I'm not going to be here. Um, the new guy pulled us in the other day, and uh, Coach Ellie pulled us in. Seems like a great guy. Honestly, a lot of similarities between him and Coach Mendenhall. I think that's a reason why they hired this guy. He has a lot of uh, uh, high standards when it comes to not just on the field, but off the field as well. Um, really emphasizes academics and high character. and um, You can see why they've had a lot of success at Clemson um, consistently over the years. I think he's been there the last 11 years. But nothing uh, – yeah, I have nothing uh, concrete yet, man. So I just – I think you know all of us are going to go through this evaluation process. He's going to evaluate us over the next two weeks as we're in bowl practice here, and uh, we'll see where that goes. But you know how college coaching goes. You guys know. You guys have been around it enough and seen it that um, you know most most head coaches they have their own guys, they have their people, they have the people that that they trust that they're loyal to. Um, just like Bronco, like when Bronco came out here, he retained one guy on the staff that was previously here, and so my guess is it'll be something similar. Maybe keep you know, one to three guys at most 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I've been on the phones, man, trying to work it as, with as many people as I can. You know, the people that I know throughout, you know, my career and other people that I've met, and that's uh, yeah, the networking that you have to do at this point. And so, um, yeah, we'll see where that all goes. This is probably too broad a question, but I'm curious after uh, after a long time at BYU, you go to Virginia. What do you know about college football now that you didn't know six years ago when you went to Virginia? Just because you went to different conference, yeah. different side of the country, public school, not a private school, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, man. It's I, For me, especially beyond the East Coast, it's way more cutthroat than, uh, than I ever imagined. Um, from my time at BYU. So seven years at BYU, six years here. And uh, really that's what I've seen the most is the recruiting process is, I mean, it's, if you aren't in it all the time, you're like a, you're like a doctor, like an emergency room doctor, man, you're on call 24 <laughs> seven. And at any time, like a recruit calls you, you got to pick up and which is, you know, yeah, that's, that's not the greatest, uh, you know, family atmosphere environment that you want to have when you're home with your family you're like sorry hon, i gotta step away and take this call from this 16 year old you know that doesn't go over well very often but hey you know that's just that's it's part of the deal and at byu the pool was so much smaller because there's only a, you know a certain amount of kids that were really really truly interested in in, in byu and yeah, a, a lot of like, especially with a really good player, you know, you get a, a four like a, a Fred Warner, for example, that I, you know, I helped recruit to BYU, um, you know, because of his his uh, you know ties as you know the religion and all that. That was really the only reason why we were able to really have a shot at Fred. Like when you get to Virginia, there's really not that strong tie that people have unless they came here. So then you got to recruit a bigger pool, and uh, you got to offer like at BYU for one spot. I'd offer maybe three or four guys here at Virginia for one spot. I'm, I'm probably offering, you know, double that. And so you're doing double the recruiting, if not triple the recruiting at times than what we were doing previously, as far as just the number of guys that you're contacting recruiting. And so for me, that was the biggest slap in the face that I got when I came here was like, Holy crap. The time that you're putting into recruiting um, was way, way more than what we ever did at BYU. It's going to be an interesting thing going forward because you look at what you had here in Provo. You had all these guys together. A lot of them, to one extent or another, were BYU guys, uh, played there. You know, and I, going way back, played there. And Atawaya and so forth, Jason Beck. I mean, I can go down the list, right? And then you all, like, as a group, almost like you go on this big field trip together on the other side of the country, and then you're there for six years. So I imagine that, you know, these guys, and Bronco talked about it when he did his press conference preceding the week of the BYU game, how everybody, I think he said 14 people, and I think he was including the spouses, to go back there. And all of you guys, I think he said, were in the same world except one person and all that stuff. So you probably are pretty tight together, uh, like foxhole type mentality. How weird is it going to be knowing that that's probably going to come to an end and you guys are most likely, if you stay in the biz, are going to scatter? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we've been together nine years now as a staff, the majority of us. And uh, you've gone, yeah, we've gone close together. Our, Our kids are all best friends. Um, shoot, my, my kids look at some of the other, uh, coaches and their wives, like their parents, in a way, you know, it's a, it's a really close tight knit, um, deal that we've had and really unique, probably, 
Um, not another staff in the country has that closeness that we have. Um, I think Northwestern has kind of something similar from what I've learned, where they've been together with uh, Coach Fitzgerald for a long time. But uh, the uniqueness of it, us being at a place and then traveling across the country and being at another place for six years and just those bonds and that friendship that we developed, um, I don't think there's anything like it in college football. And really that's what I think helped us recruit um, some of our best players here because they saw the consistency that we had as a staff together, knew that a lot of guys weren't leaving. Um, and uh, that's what helped us land some of our best recruits that we've got here. Um, but really with all, everybody spread in other places, I actually think it helps us as far as just networking. And, you know, Coach 2J goes to a different staff, and I go to a different staff, and Coach Hunter or Coach Hal goes, now we all are networking. Our network now grows bigger, which, you know, that's that's kind of like the, the, the double-edged sword that we've lived by, you know, being with Coach Mendenhall is you got this great guy that you're working for for 13 years that treats you really well. And, uh, yeah, that's why we didn't want to leave because the real world of college football, it's not like that. And uh, – but the, the, I guess the negative part of that is that your network isn't as big as, shoot, if I was maybe at another place for 13 or, you know, in another situation over the past 13 years, I might have had six different jobs. Yeah. And my network would have been bigger, but I would have been moving six different times and moving my family all over the place. And so, um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I feel blessed to be with Coach Mendenhall and the staff for the past 13 years. And, uh, yeah, you know, people might say your network's not as big, but, man, the, the experiences I've had, the relationships I've, I've, I've built, the winning that we've done, um, I would have had no other way. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm anxious for the next, uh, the next chapter in my life where it's going to take us. So there has been, I think, uh, unprecedented gets used too easily, but I think there's been unprecedented moving in high school coaching jobs for LSU to go in and take Oklahoma, or excuse me, for LSU to go in and take Notre Dame's coach, for USC to go in and take Oklahoma's coach. Um, it's just crazy. How how much are the assistant coaches and the staffs all put together, and how much shuffling remains? Do you have a good handle on that? Yeah. So typically, how it works, the head coaches, it just kind of it's kind of like a trickle down effect. So typically, it starts with the head coaches, and that usually happens right after the season, and then um, before sign right before signing day, you'll get some uh, you know some coordinator positions filled there's a lot of those still not filled and then once those coordinator positions get filled then it goes and trickles down to the assistants and so and so there's usually when it comes to coaching there's a there's a bunch of different waves there's the wave right after the season then there's another wave right after signing day where a bunch of hires happen then there's another wave right after um the bowl season so the beginning of january and then there's another wave when the nfl season ends as well because there's college coaches pulled you know from the ranks in college up to the nfl so there, there will be shuffling with the assistant coaches all the way through the end of January. And so, yeah, that, it's, it's, yeah, I got to have a lot of patience, man, because I see other guys getting hired at different places. And, yeah, you can get frustrated. But just knowing the process of, and seeing it um, over the past 13 years, yeah, it, it's going to go for the next two months. And so, yeah, you just got to make sure, uh, yeah, you got the right connections. You're talking to the right people. And, you're hopefully in front of another guy that potentially wants the same job and you're talking to the head coach before he's talking to him. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a trickling down effect. I guess to ask your question. So, you know, start with the head coaches, then to to the coordinators and then to the assistants. Are you prepared then if it has to be to go anywhere in the country? Oh yeah. My wife and I already talked about, we put, we put 13 years of our lives into this and uh, yeah, we're, 
we're anxious to go to go anywhere, honestly. And so, yeah, you got the the Ruston, Louisiana's, yeah. the Troy, Alabama's, or you know, it, you know, you got all these little small college towns. And yeah, I'm I'm willing to go experience that. And uh, yeah, probably know. You know, I, I look at Coach Benhall's career, and I mean, he was in Ruston, Louisiana for a little bit. He was in. Uh, northern arizona for a little bit then yep. he landed in new mexico and ended up BYU. so yeah there's different paths for everybody and i'm probably going to have to take a step back to take a step forward kelly papinga joining us former uh former cougar player former cougar coach now virginia coach now getting ready to watch everything shuffle hey can you give us an idea how much uh the transfer portal and and uh, name image and likeness have changed your job <laughs> that is the question that everybody asks. So I would say um, how I see it, starting with uh, just the transfer portal, we we were really lucky until this year, until Coach Menhall made his announcement um, that he was uh, going to resign. We had not had many guys leave our program. And I think it just goes back to um, I think we treat our guys well, um, and I think they see that we really care about them. And we uh, – yeah, we've, we've stayed together as a staff, so they knew that what they signed up for, they were going to get. And um, just the consistency, consistency of that, I think, helped us retain um, a lot of our players. So we, when this transfer portal thing started two years ago, I think we were second or third in the country with the lowest amount of transfers. But we did capitalize on a lot of guys transferring in. So we had a really big tight end that came in this year. You guys probably saw him, uh, number zero. Yeah that played um he, he's a freak he became he was an all acc first team player for us um was at oklahoma state came to us so um him and then our number 99 keaton thompson same thing he guy came from mississippi state highly recruited kid came here and really helped us out so i think we capitalized on guys coming in here and uh you know that part can really help you as far as filling a hole that you might have missed through an injury or maybe you missed in recruiting um so i really like it in that part the part that i don't like is kids are just so easy to leave after something where you know they sign up for something and they see that it maybe not is exactly what they thought it was during recruiting and they're here for a semester or one year they don't even give it a chance and they you know (laughs) take off and they go to the next spot and what a lot of these kids don't realize is there's over a thousand kids in the transfer portal right now and i mean there's no way that those guys are all going to go play power five football no way so a lot of those kids, they get stuck in the portal, thinking that, yeah, the grass is greener on the other side and end up leaving a Power 5 school, and they end up at an FCS school because there's no other options. So the, some of these kids, I think, rush into the decision, and uh, it ends up, yeah, hurting them, where they not, they're not getting what they thought they were going to get when they went. And so I, I don't like it, to be honest with you. I think it's hurting the game um, in a lot of ways, um, especially the kids. I think it's hurting the kids as far as just not helping them, you know, really you know, go through the process of, like everybody else had to do in the past of just, yeah, you, you signed up for a place, give that place a chance. Yeah. You're not going to come in and play immediately all the time. You're going to have to go through some, uh, you know, some growing pains. And I think kids these days are so easy to, you know, kind of run away from some adversity. Um, and so for that reason, I don't like it, but um, the NLI thing. Yeah. I think, I think there's some positives from that. I think there's some negatives, but as far as the positives, I think, I think there are opportunities that these kids should have to, make money off of their you know their name their image and their likeness i think that's fair um but i think there's a certain extent that goes to and to what to what that is i don't know yet and i think the ncaa doesn't know i don't think anybody knows really 
Um, shoot, you guys probably saw the number one player in the country just signed with uh, yeah. you know Jackson State over a, hand, a huge NLI deal. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I I don't I don't think we've really seen all the ramifications of the NIL yet. Um, but I do think for the players, there are some positives from it. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting to see how it all plays out. You know, till rules are actually put into place of what can actually happen and can't happen. But um, I do like how it helps the players. Um, capitalize on themselves, which in the past, um, you know, I think that's been one of the negatives of the NCA, where they're, you know, selling a jersey or whatever, and the kid can't make any money off of that when they're using the kid to make money. So I, I think there's some positives from it. I know you've been buried with your own stuff, but I'm wondering if you've been able to follow. It's kind of funny the expression for you as a Wyoming kid out west. This is where your uh, your roots are. But have you been able yeah. to follow Utah to the Rose Bowl and BYU to the Big Twelve? I have, man. I have. I, you know, I try to watch those guys because I, you know, obviously, you know, playing for BYU, coaching for BYU, that's always, uh, you know, something I want to stay close to. And then you just with Utah, just the respect I have for those guys. Um, I've watched them over the years after being out here. And yeah, happy for all of them, honestly. I was uh, watching the, the Pac 12 championship game. I was impressed with Utah. And the thing that I really, you know, admire Coach Whittingham and, Coach Scally and those guys, they just, they've stuck to their guns, man. <laughs> They're doing pretty much the same exact stuff they've done for the past 15, you know, forever. Yep. And uh, they've just, they've stuck to what they do best. And uh, it's really helped them. You know, obviously, I'm sure Utah fans get picked off at times where the offense doesn't do this or do that. But, you know, I think they got a quarterback now that I think is a, you know, pretty dynamic player and a you know, like a, He's not the game manager that they've been used to in the past. I think this guy can make plays with his arm and with his leg, and I was impressed with him in the Pac-12 championship game. And I thought they just whooped Oregon's butt. I mean, it was it was a complete butt whooping. And I guess they did it a couple of weeks before that. I didn't have a chance to watch that game. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty ironic, though, that the year that uh, yeah. Utah ends up going to the Rose Bowl is the year the BYU ends up beating them and ending the streak. So I thought that was funny how that all played out like that. But uh, So did we. But happy for those guys, <laughs> But, you know, I just like happy for both teams, even Utah State, to be able to see what they've done this year. Pretty impressive, you know, those three schools and everything that they've been able to do. How big is the jump for BYU going into the Big 12? What, how would you advise Cougar fans and Cougars to think about this, plan for it, and set their expectations? Yeah, so there's going to be a transition, obviously. If you just go back to what happened with Utah when they went into the Pac-12, I think there was two losing seasons there that they had um, to try to get caught up to the talent and the recruiting of you know, the Pac-12. I don't think it will be as big for BYU. And the reason why is because they've had this little transition with independence where I think that's, that will help them um, as far as being able – they've had to – I think our recruiting changed from going from the Mountain West to the to Independence, I think it helped us get some um, better players at times. And I think they'll have the same opportunity, you know, going into the Big 12. I think they're recruiting. They'll take a jump in recruiting just because now they'll be in a, you know, a Power 5 conference. But there will be a transition phase there. And who knows how long that will take. Maybe it'll be a half a season, a full season, two seasons. But I think if you just look at even TCU went through it there for a little bit. Um, so I think, yeah, I think – if they're expecting them to just get into the Big 12 and all of a sudden go, you know, put, compete for a Big 12 championship, it might happen. But the chances that it do, I think, you know, or that it does, I think is, um, you know, it's not as likely as this, them taking a step backward. I think just the transition of that, they'll be, 
you know, maybe a six and six season or a seven five season. And then, yeah, I think they're going to have a great, I think it's a great fit for them. I'm excited for them. I know that was something that we've wanted for a really long time, even back to when I coached there. And uh, I think just even with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, I still think it's a great conference for them to be in. And, uh, yeah, I'm extremely excited for them and excited about uh, what they're going to do. It's just, it's just after being out here and playing in the ACC and coaching in the ACC, it's just so much better playing and having a chance to play for a conference championship. And so, for example, this season we go to where uh, we play Pitt, the second to last game of the season. And that game was basically who won that game was going to play for the ACC championship. And so, that came all the way down to the second to last game of the year. And so you look at BYU being independent, they haven't had that opportunity where they're playing these these really relevant games at the end of the season. Now this year was a little bit different because of the record, but um, but I just think, man, to be able to compete for a conference championship, that's going to be game changer for that program. And that's something that they've done extremely well. You know, going back to the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, they've won a ton of conference championships. And I think being able to get back to doing that um, is going to bring another fire um, to that program. And, then, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for him. I got to say, Kelly, before we let you go, it was still weird for me to see Bronco Mendenhall with facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw all of our staff, man, but as the as six years passed, man, there was some long hair, there's some facial hair, there's some, you know, major honor code violations going over here. But, uh, you know... It was all, it was all good, man. We enjoyed it, and I mean, just uh, the experience I've had here has been something that's uh, changed my life. And yeah, just look forward to the next opportunity that comes my way. Well, if anyone says, "Can you come to the small college town?" you can say, "Only if you come visit me in Evanston, and then I'll explain you some stuff." Exactly, exactly. That's been my uh, that's been my thing to him, saying, "Hey, man, I grew up in a town of twelve thousand people. I can I can make it anywhere, man. So I'm not worried about that at all." And enjoyed two weeks of summer. <laughs> <laughs> Both those weeks yeah. were great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Good luck with the job search, and we'll stay in touch. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, Kelly Papenga, University of Virginia co-defensive coordinator and linebacker coach. And with Bronco dropping the news on a Zoom call, now guys, looking for an opening on a college football coaching staff. Yeah, I knew they would have been on the road because that was right during recruiting time. And and Kelly Paping is one of the most dynamic guys I've ever been around. I've known him for a long time. I really, really root hard for him. And somebody's going to get a great coach and a great recruiter because he's a great dude. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone.